0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: The Wake Up Radio. This is the appeal, aka Walk Appeal. Uh man, it's been another hell of a week. And we're doing the people's work out there. (laughs) Uh shout out to Sister Cindy Ashby. Shout out to all of the other programs on the on the on the Wake Up Radio family. Tune in seven days a week. Check us out. You know, it's a, a free space, you know, um where where we get to uh exercise our First Amendment rights uh uncensored. Big corporation. Uh, My co host with me, Brother Rob. How is everyone? Man, I'm good, bro. I'm good, brother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, man, how's the week been going?
2: Uh, Not too bad. Had a good therapy meetup today. Uh, Bones are healing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bones are healing. Bones are healing. That's right. That's right. We need you back out in these streets, man. You've been missed. Oh, no, thank you. Um, yeah, so we have a, a pretty good lineup for you today. Uh, we're going to be discussing, let me pull it up here. The African Lodge, number 459, or, originally called African Lodge number one. Uh, founded back in, this week, back in 1776 uh, Talk about social mobility And the plans for Kamala Harris Also, uh want to give a shout out We're going to be discussing the memories of uh, Today, We celebrate, this week, we celebrate the birthdays Of Parmi Touré, a.k.a. Sophie Carmichael The father of the black cow movement, right? And his important contribution My Marshall Right? I'm not gonna lie. Not one of my favorite folks, but you know, I I believe that being that it's you know the black experience is not monolithic, and we need all people playing all different types of roles. It's important. His it's contribution is very significant. I don't. I don't want to downplay that. All right, I'm not picking this or that. Um, and of course, uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, uh, one of the great uh, literary giants of black life. Um. But <laughs> let's start out with some local stuff uh, before we go to the the broader ideas, man. So it's been a hell of a week, Rob. Um, where do I start? Issue number one: uh, This waste transportation station out in Southeast Queensland. man. Uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've had uh, conferences with city council. Um, the, the legislation that Danique Miller is trying to push is called legislation 2349. And what it would do is it would allow this waste transportation, which is Royals, to increase their capacity, right? In order to raise money or to make money or earn money. Uh, So in four years, they can start construction of a waste by rail, which was supposed to reduce the number of trucks in the community. But now you, but no for what to happen, they have to increase capacity. Right. And then with the waste fire rail, the legislation gives them exception because they're going to be taking it out by
2: trash by, by the rail.
1: Mm-hmm. Then that means they can take in more
2: garbage, but they're already not handling the garbage they got
1: properly. But the idea is that you, you you're telling me you're going to reduce truck traffic because you're, you're taking it out by rail. But it got to get there first, so that means mm-hmm. you're told, actually told about increasing truck traffic. Right? Am, 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 am I, is my math wrong? In order for them to export out more by rail than they are doing now, which means they would actually have to increase the number of trucks coming in.
2: It's like they're they're trying to make an administrative thing, so it's not staying there probably. It's just a pass through. That's what, how they're probably looking at it.
1: So let me let me give you more detail. Um, <coughs> one. Uh, like most projects, like that you've worked on, I've worked on, Cecilia, I know you've worked on. Um, you, you, if you have a four-year project, you got to check in every three, four months to make sure that you're meeting certain goals along the line. Not so with this project. They have four years clear free. We don't know what they've done. If year four, we, come, we, we we pop up on them, the city, and find out did you get it done? <laughs> and if not, then we make a decision from there. But in the meantime, you've already increased its capacity.
2: Yeah, Why the this? money's been made and the damages are done. So <laughs> <it doesn't matter.
1: laughs> I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. Mm-hmm. And right, so this community has been fighting the stench of the waste because You're not supposed to smell garbage from wastewater station. That's illegal. There should be mechanisms in place um, that hasn't been addressed for the past couple of decades. Now you're asking people to deal with more for the next four years when children are still developing asthma. Mm -hmm. furthermore, um, the, the legislation actually doesn't include. So the, the, the bamboozle is this. We want them to cover the facilities, right? So it's less impactful on the environment. They're talking about waste by rail. Now we're supposed to assume that in them getting waste by rail, they cover the facilities. But you know what information is not in the legislation that's being pressed in 20 in 2349? Nothing about covering the facility. <laughs> Nothing in it. <this. laughs> I mean, it's an absolute joke. And then uh, Danique Miller, that's the name of the city councilman who's turned out. Uh, I think he's. I believe he's trying to get a check. I, I can't think of any kind of other way. He is saying that he's equating it to. You know, we have a lot of. Commercial trucks parking in Southeast Queens—that that's a problem in Southeast Queens. Uh, along Springfield Boulevard, along Merrick Boulevard, along our our major our throughways, you know, um, wherever there's a long enough spot, commercial trucks park, which is illegal. They've been just they've been dealing with that for the past half a decade at least decade. Yeah, um, they fine them, but it's cheaper to pay the fine, uh, a parking ticket for a truck, than to put it in a uh, a real Truck parking station, so they'll 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 take that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying this will mitigate that, but those are the type of trucks where we're, 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 we're having the parking issues with. It's not garbage trucks we're having. <laughs> this is just right with tra- you know, tractor trailers, you know, big rig. That's what's parking, not garbage trucks. But he's he's trying to conflate that issue. And then here's the last part, he's saying. It's a lot of people outside the community complaining about
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: called us outside agitators. All I could think of was Martin Luther King. <laughs> right? He yeah. uh, called him outside agitators. We live in here. We we, 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 are, we are a group of national civic leaders. Being thrown well, off, rape, so uh, we're
2: outside his clique, and that's what a lot of politics always comes down to, money and cliques. <clears throat> so uh, anyone who thinks that people change much after like high school, you're sadly mistaken. (laughs) Those those mental, those thought patterns, those behavior patterns, they get locked in for a lot of people. And no matter what social status they may move into, they know what uh, economic class or status they may move into, those traits will still come through. And that's how a lot of our leadership, our elected leadership, Truly, still behaves. They're operating on that junior high school, high school level, where it's a lot of life-altering legislation can come down to he said, she said, or somebody's hurt feces.
1: You are you. You're not lying, right? Um, uh, So, one of the people who gave testimony in favor of the waste transfer station is the one Reverend Phil Craig. Uh, Phil Craig of the National Action Network. Why is this significant? So a few years back, uh, one Anthony Rivers who just ran for city council, uh, he decided to, pro- to organize a protest for the summer about uh, a homeless shelter that they wanted to put between a daycare center, two element, three, ele- three schools, three elementary schools, and additional supportive housing that was already around the corner. All right, so you're going to inundate uh, the area of Hollis and 202nd Second, to a Third homeless shelters. And so I mean, we did protest the people. It's not about the people. It's also, the fact that um, uh, Southeast Queens already has the highest per capita number of supportive housing in the city, so we're, we have our fair share. And so that was the argument, right? Um, you, you, we, you, you got to put it to that location, and Southeast Queens already has its fair share.
2: Um, well, more than its fair share, too. Don't let's not. Let's take a real accounting of this. They're, they've moved these people uh, out into the outskirts of each borough that they could, and we we have how many uh, accommodations in the in the Jamaica area alone? Which was promised that they would see the benefits, the economic benefits of having the uh, instant access to the uh, JFK through the light rail. All those hotels and all those businesses down there have been converted to servicing these people who've been victims of the economic turndown. this is we're still dealing with the fallout from 2008 and it has coasted into this latest pandemic (laughs) so these are still just problems building on problems so you turn what was supposed to be a vacation you know hub when they sold this idea to us it was like okay you're going to have this instant access this easy instant access from a major international air hub into Hotels and shopping, and that those hotels have now all been occupied by people who've been victims of an economic turndown. So the only residents in there are families. Uh, those are now, you know, hotels. It aren't hotels, they're residents.
1: So so what happened was that um, at, there's a church called Mount Olivet Church. Uh, this is under the previous pastor, not the current one there now. Phil Craig got up on the on, on the, on the box room and said how he had been out there protesting every week for the entire summer. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen Phil Craig there once. I have images. This is, this is now, now I'm not the most, you know, I don't go to church on a regular basis. I'll be honest with you. But, you know, I do believe in certain things are sacred. And, uh, you know, um, I do believe one of the reasons why, uh, I don't really go to church that frequently because I don't see much God in church. <laughs> right? I feel a lot of hypocrisy. And um, and uh, that's a real value for me. So mm-hmm. I almost had a nervous breakdown. I said, I had to stand up with a lying. Mm-hmm. in church. Mm-hmm. Right? No, I'm <laughs> going to hell. <laughs> exactly. <Where>? I mean, <laughs> Um started shaking for
2: real. Like, this is the audacity. Well, the thing is I understand your rage, and I, I I empathize, not just sympathize, but this comes down to the people who are the church, the ones who do attend regularly. There's a huge overlap. The church never stopped being a major point of organization within our community, but it's been co-opted. All the great work and all the great organizing over the years at the AME and Mount Olivet is local, famous. You know, but the same thing I beef about every week. Where's that leadership at now? We have ma- made martyrs, literally. History has made martyrs of our what were religious leaders. You know, you don't even have to be a religious person, but especially as a black American, you know a lot of religious leaders because those are our civil rights leaders.
1: Yeah, I agree, agree, agree.
2: But back then, the leadership was coming from the church and imposing the will of the people on government and using that will to change government. They have managed to flip the script on us now where our politicians are like salesmen. They come into these church organizations and sell the bill of goods that never really have to get paid out. And they use that church as a base of support. And the church ends up getting caught in the same catch 22, the major body, you know, they feel they're being represented because they see this, you know, Well-respected member of the community and a powerful political head in our congregation, we're going to get stuff done. But nothing ever really seems to happen. The neighborhood don't really change. You might get a few extra pews. You might get some extra room to worship. A nice new parking lot. But what what happened? Where's that legislation? Where are those marches that result in actual public works and jobs? You know that those landmark moments. You know, it's okay. You know, you, we can have a million-man march, but I want to see the fruits of that.
1: So, what? what so, you know, just for clarity, it wasn't Phil Craig's church. We were just having a meeting there at the church about the protest going on.
2: Well, right. I understand, but the point is that know, they no, do the credibility of the church that. when they do that. And the church is to their... They're doing the right thing by having these leaders of, you know, elected leaders come out and giving them space, you know, to get their message out. That That's the right thing to do, but it's got to at the very least be a two way street, if not more of a reverse direction, because they're representatives, they're elected to represent the will of the people, not impose some outside will upon the people.
1: Cool. And that's, that's where I'd be going to. Yeah. That's is it, it's perfect that you said that now, we were protesting the incoming of the shelter. Danique Miller came and told us that, okay, I'm going to fight. You know, he's going to do things in our best interest. Leroy Comrie came and told us, who's a state senator from around here. He said, Danique already signed off on it. He threw him under the bus. <laughs> he spilled the beans. <laughs> he didn't he get did, the memo. Did. Danique did it. And so here we have an issue where Danique is advocating more for these people who want the shelter in
2: than the people and the schools and the citizens. Fast what's forward. The altern- now, what's the alternative location for one of these shelters? Because I'm of the mind that if he's advocating, them, that man does nothing unless he's properly motivated. Oh. And he's uh, Danique.
1: <laughs> so, hey, 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 motivated, hey, hey, hey. Uh, well, I don't. I
2: I can't say the. I don't know his finances like that. I'm not okay. his banker, now, so I don't know what. It. Yeah, you know, <laughs> cause there's many ways you can pay these people off, and that's how they get. That's yeah, how I mean, they get I mean, over. Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: get dated with it. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, I'm going to keep my accusations to what I can prove. I'm not going to give these knuckleheads anything to, you know, come back at me with. Um, but okay, so. Uh...
1: So, 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 yeah. So, fast forward. Now, Danique is actually advocating for another institution, this waste translation, over the will of the community. And what did he do again? He gets Phil Craig to come on at, at city council and say, oh, these are outside agitators. I'm like, Phil, are you doing it again? <laughs> He's doing it again. <laughs> like, again. I was like, so, you know, once shame on me, twice, you know what I mean? Once being twice shy. Okay. So, you know, um, yeah, so we got some people in the community that you can easily call and say, oh, I want you to say this. And they say it, no yeah. questions asked. And they look like a-holes because these people that you're saying that don't, don't live in the community, they know you, you know them. <laughs> right? That's uh,
2: why you have no. a henchman. They're handy. <laughs> this, these things are they're coordinated. They're orchestrated. You know, they roll as a legit group. What most people consider political organizations are just, you know, they operate like a job placement group. It's not about legislation that they pass on the outside and what they bring back home anymore. It's about securing power and position for their in-click. And you got to break okay. that... In- Part of our mission is to actually break that mental picture that people hold, so that they can look at these situations for themselves. Because that's the first step. Once people start analyzing these problems for themselves, they'll they'll come to the same conclusions. They'll see it. It's right there. They don't hide their actions. So, again, there's a so it's residential area.
1: There's a public park with tennis courts and a full so right across the street from a waste transfer station. As I said, you can spell the stench from three, four, five blocks away. Uh, one of the people who also gave testimony to say that they were in favor of this plan, I, you know, and, you know, I'm convinced they may not even know. They know what someone tells them. Mm-hmm. They actually haven't read it themselves like we've read it ourselves, <laughs> right? And they may they may actually be boo boo. But one of the sisters, her name is Camille Morgan. She testified that she wanted in favor of it, that she has a good working relationship. So she's head of the Jamaica Jamaica Bulldogs, which is a TV football team who plays out of that Liberty Park area. If you ever go over there, there's like these container facilities, like almost like a, yeah, like a train container, right? That's been converted to like, an equipment locker. Uh, who funded the equipment locker?
2: I'm guessing it's going to be something noble, maybe even a royal connection. <laughs>
1: the same way transfer station,
2: are actually speaking
1: in favor of. <laughs> I mean... So, therefore, when I talk about people getting paid, we can let, we can literally see, yes, it says sponsored by Royals, yeah. Regals, Extension Station. They, but, I, no I, so no one
2: can, but now that's why I was careful about how I labeled their actions earlier. You can't say that they were paid off. They didn't receive any cash, but they took a gift in kind. You don't have to, you don't have to be paid in cash to be paid. So, yeah. You know? yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I mean, I can pay you in a favor. You, you, you Harvard, right? right. <laughs> yeah. That's but that's thing.
2: why we look like crazy people sometimes, and we're like, "No, don't you see that they're doing you dirty?" And people in the community are like, "I don't see if they, unless they see that cash transfer, they're not going to see you know what they get on the back end because they're they may not be paying attention to local politics on the level that you and I do.
1: Yeah, as we said, people, we got to be more politically savvy. Yeah, you know I mean, uh,
2: you know. Um well that was supposed to be part of the function of these major organizations. When you had the power balance going the other way with it the largely the organizations that people formed were making applying the pressure on legis- on legislators. Yeah, by the other way. Yeah, it goes the other when way. When it was going the other way, then then it's a lot easier to catch that. But now that it's not with the dynamic reversed the information's all going in the way, too. So people are just like, okay, you know, as long as the building isn't on fire, I guess everything's cool. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah.
2: And then when it finally all does fall apart, it's too late. They're looking like, whoa, wait a second. This person was here for, like, how many years? And it deteriorated? And they're like, ah, see you later, sucker. I'm out of office now. I'm off to my yeah. payoff job. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 I mean, uh, Malcolm Smith, you know, yeah, uh, a, mm-hmm. savvy, a, a, a savvy politician. Um, I mean, he his argument was that he didn't take money, mm-hmm. uh, but he did go to jail for it was bribery because he took, uh, a Wilson Bacula from the Republican party. I mean, he was going to get the Republican nod, mm-hmm. the Pierre on the Republican here of New York city in exchange for giving out a state, uh, highway construction contract, no money exchange. But you, you that, I mean, he was down
2: for it. My point is, <laughs> but okay, but there you go. By saying he was giving out that construction contract, no cash money was exchanged, but no an, a, an atomic ass ton of actual money was exchanged. <laughs> yeah, those contracts are are jobs, <laughs> like not just one job, and those jobs result in other contracts down the food chain, and that is how you that's a major way to magnify the purchasing power of our community.
1: That's right. If we use it properly, if we use it with uh uh yeah, we use it appropriately. Yeah, um so um as i said, uh
2: this and a week proper marks- waste transfer station should be ass- that that should be right there. It's not like this has to be a net negative for anyone. That should be the focus. You know what? That's an opportunity right there. We do need to clean up the area. You should not be smelling a waste, a garbage dump. That's an opportunity for jobs, too. That's an opportunity for development right there. But no, the short-sightedness of it keeps it just being a payout for that one politician and his cronies.
1: And there might be some level of cowardice also here, because one of the things that uh, some of the folks were talking about is keeping the mafia out of the waste transfer business out of the waste business. And uh, if you saw the owners of Royals, you'd say, oh, you got are <laughs> off. You you know, you're a
2: little late to the ball game. there. This is something that, you know, you don't want to encourage it, but you need to recognize the environment you're operating in.
1: But and there, gotta-
2: you have the power, you're actually elected to do this as the state at that point, as the city. So, you know what, I'm not saying you got to start like a mob war and have a shootout, but you have the resources to actually ban service,
1: don't you? What do you mean? So you have the resources to actually expand the what?
2: To either either compete them as a city agency, you know, the Department of Sanitation, or set up an alternative. Open up the okay. contracts. The and if nothing, if you're going to spend all this time, energy, and money to make a new police station in our area, then give them cops something to do. Go fuck up the mob. <laughs> we don't have to worry about having garbage, <laughs> a garbage war. They hang out at Christmas. and give them together. Come on. I'm just saying it, If you're going to make, if, if every time I hear you talk about crime and punishment, and you're going to say that's a black issue. Well, then who are we actually? Then let's get some real crime and punishment going here.
1: Uh, word. And, and um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight, up, straight like that. Straight like that. Um. It's that, but anyhow, uh, let, let's move forward. So, um, you know, I, I always, I'm always a fan of celebrating uh, Black organization, and um, you know, uh, we I talk a lot about Richard Allen and the founding of the Free African Society, as well as the Amy Church, you know, because all of the things that kind of sprouted from that. Um, but uh, that same generation, right? their were contemporaries. Was uh, Prince 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 Hall. Mm-hmm. Right uh, now we call them Prince Hall lodges, but uh, when Prince Hall was alive, he didn't call them Prince Hall lodges. They called them African lodges, and and why? And the same reason why AME churches started, right? And uh, Port Rich Valley, uh, went to the church. They said we can't worship with you. You have to go sit outside, <laughs> right? He said, "Oh, I'm not sitting outside. I'm going to form my own." Uh, uh, Prince Hall wanted to join uh the Masonic lodges. Mm-hmm. right the Freemasons, and he was rejected and so uh he went and petitioned and he started his own that's why you have african lodge number one in boston massachusetts founded on uh, july 3rd 1776 right uh, so as a as a black face right uh now um uh we, we talk about this a lot me and you, are, but, uh, you know I, i'm at the time, right, so even the the, the black paternities and sororities that exist today, they do come out of a point of trying to define your own space, Mm -hmm. right? does come off as mimicry uh, a decade later, or half a century later, or a century later, Um, but at the time when they're initiated, right, they are essentially uh, what would look like uh, black independence, you know, Uh, self-determination, you You've been rejected from your own, from someone else's, so you form your own. But, um, uh, I guess in the, fratern- in the ways of fraternity, this is the oldest black fraternity uh, that
2: uh, exists in the Western Hemisphere, which yeah. will be. Well, this Masonry takes a lot from what would be considered, you know, classic black literature. You know, it it, yeah. it, it takes a lot of its stuff from you know, it's, it it specifically yeah. mentions these ancient peoples that were very obviously black (laughs) okay it makes very and it's unabashed about it so the splintering of it into Prince Hall versus regular mainline masonry was more about hey we need to we don't want an actual inside fighting not everybody who's a mason may not actually be that enlightened (laughs) you know it sucks but it happens so them splintering like that you know they the organization said, hey, look, they're not that advanced yet. We're going to give you your own. So go ahead and we recognize it. <clears throat> and then now, in modern days, it's basically the same thing. But they still keep the separation because there are people who just, you know, there's a black area. There's a Prince Hall Lodge there. You don't have to change it. There's Prince Hall Lodge. yeah. That's how you get to where you are today. The environment. And I always thought that was
1: real interesting, right? You got a bunch of white folks studying Africa. And the Africans mm-hmm. try to join. They can't, so they start doing something that essentially mimics the white folks who's mimicking African. (laughs) Yeah, it's very typical.
2: (laughs) Because they were making well, that's the thing. It sucks. It really does. There's no good way around it. But you have to educate. You, you got to work with the tools you got.
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean the the Washington Monument folks that's
2: an African, that's an African obelisk, right,
1: that's, that's destruction, right, I
2: mean, yeah. Our culture, our African culture does permeate, you
1: know, through. The Great Pyramid is, is depicted on our currency.
2: Mm-hmm. for a very specific reason. <laughs> the eye of God is just a, a continuation of the eye of Ra. Yeah, you know well, what they do? It's the same thing. It's just symbolism. It's made so it does down and across cultures. So I don't have to be able to speak English or nothing, but I can see that symbol and understand it the same way that someone who speaks another language does. And that way well, we what, can communicate.
1: Well, what That's they do the whole the idea of cons- fraternity. They take Egypt and try to make sure it's out of Africa. <laughs>
2: and they, treat,
1: they treat Egypt like it's something separate, like it's on a sort of different continent. <laughs> it was its own place. It was a high civilization. And they're African. Oh, they're the yeah. African. No, no, no. I don't know. I thought i thought I say Asian African. I don't say Asian. I want Asian. you to understand that that's all the same land map. All right? <laughs> Those yeah. Are the same. yeah. But, um,
2: and it wasn't all in the same spot either. I mean, like when we look at modern Egypt today, you know, the kingdom changed. You had a northern kingdom. You had southern kingdoms. You had influence from the west during part of Africa as well. So this is something that was dynamic and changed over time.
1: But what do you want to? Uh, you want to discuss social mobility. Uh, what, what were your ideas? What, what direction do you want to examine that
2: from? Well, looking at social mobility from the point of uh, where we're going. You talking about social mobility? Yeah, it ties into the social mobility part of it. Ties into what we were just discussing, actually, um, and what we were discussing last week too, with the role of these major organizations in how ethnic groups move forward in the United States and how traditionally they're told how an organization like uh, AIPAC can have such an influence on American politics in favor of not only a minority group, a minority religious group, and a foreign interest. And everybody's cool with it because that's the way our system works. But here you have domestic groups who have to fight tooth and nail to get the same kind of airtime for our issues, the same kind of widespread cultural recognition for our issues. That's a huge power imbalance. So, and you're talking about a native group. Yeah, the Catholic Church. Don't forget the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, I mean, they have been way more successful. The Catholic Church could do anything it needed on a global scale, even in today's world. Except raise an army. They would have to pay for some well, money. There was this thing called the Crusade. <laughs> no, that's what I said in modern day. That, that's modern, the one power that's the one power that the church gave up to become a modern organization. They kept well, their, not, land, they kept their come money. Come they kept their. You don't need no gun. That's the out. That's the way you, you know, exert power to your average person. That's the last means of really exerting political force through military arms. think so they gave that outward representation up. Out. They gave up the outward representation of the land, too. To so your average person, they think, oh, it's just the Vatican, that one little city. No, they still have land all over the planet. So they gave up that expression of power. But they still have... They were oppressed here for a while, too. You know, it wasn't cool to always be a Catholic here, but they were able to nominate a president. You know, that was actually a big thing in the they have a president. You know? Now they have so to. They, there have been... Groups that have had change. And, you know, if the Pope actually would have made a statement, or read a missus or something, how people turn out? Still. Even today in the United States. Millions. Latin America. All over the globe. So, they, the church still has they're they're amazing, they're amazing organizing power. You know, but, so they're, they're a good example of how you organize power and use it appropriately we don't have that we need that again we, we did have that we lost it you know and that came along with some of our losing track of our cultural identity that makes it harder because as long as we still have that type of quiet infighting about what kind of identity we have as americans then it's harder to organize in the same way that we used to cuz you could you would have, you know, these organizations were called the quote-unquote African Lodge or, you know, African Methodist Church because somebody was able to go down the block and say, well, this one was in Haiti and that one was in Jamaica and we were from Virginia. Y'all black.
0: But the yeah, right.
2: wasn't black. It was African. So y'all African. That's that's African. Right. Right. So that forced to, you know, shared culture of just African, you know, persisted up until like let's say it persisted in a form up until the seventies.
1: Yeah. I would...
2: The explosion of, you know, black power and you know people taking it on themselves as a marked pride and been using blackness as a way to share it with the rest of the country and the rest of the world. Yeah. You always had that kind of cultural exchange, you know, everything from jazz to rock and cetera but now it was different. People were claiming it. It was a different time as, you know, you, you had jazz being imitated and taken into the mainstream by big band and everything. Now you had, you know, actual funk groups. <laughs> you know, they were unabashedly talking about, no, the, they're gonna use African beats and they're gonna wear African clothing, even though we're American, but, you know, that's our cultural, our shared cultural heritage. You know, the yeah. times can walk down the street and all be from different villages, and oh well. Get them all over Italy, right? We're from exactly. all over Africa. <laughs> we need to react yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise we won't be able to organize and express our political will the same way. And that's why when we are spoken about in political debates and stuff, if they bring up quote unquote black issues, it's always the same stupidness of crime and you know abortion and all these Yeah, 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 yeah. we can't wait what they just because they put it on us I don't mean we gotta wear it. Well, we we don't push back and I think that's part of the problem with these organizations. You know, if, if I'm organizing a debate and you come into my church or my area and you even say some backwards crap like that. Well, I'm gonna talk about black issues and that's all you talk about. Like, well so these are by definition black issues. Are economics just white issues? You know, is waste management an Asian issue?
1: So everybody, I mean, I <laughs> always say,
2: <laughs> "You're just clean water." Is that a Native American issue? Because they got hit with the this
1: last. <laughs> black, that's why you gotta. But that's why you you gotta say black communities matter, um, because you gotta everything that encompasses it, right? Not just the criminal justice system, which has been very harsh, but you know, healthcare, um, uh, employment. Uh, not employment, income. I call it right, because we all, we also want to. We're not looking. It's for all part employment. of the
2: same economy. Yeah. Unemployment is part of a. Function healthcare,
1: of healthcare, education, you got to deal with all the missions, mm-hmm. right?
2: It's the same way to try and parse, you know, when they talk about immigration, as if every other empire and nation on the, since ever hasn't had to deal with immigration. If, this isn't, if you have borders, then by definition, you're going to have to deal with immigration. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And that's, yeah. a, that's just another facet of what you're... We're dealing with the economy that was given to us from the decisions made in the 90s and the early 1000s. Yeah, I mean... Um... Just if the new administration took over, just because Trump's out of office, look at their, our policies. Our policies haven't, fun, haven't fundamentally changed. That's part of the problem with the current administration. That's also part of what I want to talk about as far as expressing our will. As a group, we need to get these organizations back on track. These are our organizations. We got to get them focused again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, we we were still debating, like you know, how much organizations should or shouldn't work together. But uh, we do need more of them. I think we both agree on that. And, and well, I, that,
2: even I, I took to heart what we spoke about before yesterday. Yeah. Well Oh, not yesterday, but uh, uh, last you. session even. You know, it and it's not a and I often do get focused because I I got that, you know, military brain. I, <laughs> I wanted I need at least a starting plan. I can have alternate plans that develop as the situation changes. But I, I want to at least have that goal, you know? So I know that you we're all on the same page. We you don't in the page. <laughs> huh? You don't freeze No, you, you have to improvise. You have to be able to improvise. But if you don't start out with at least a framework, then everybody's pulling in different directions, and you're going to get somewhere. Someone's going to get somewhere. But nobody's going to be able to make any real gains off of that. Your isolated ideal, your isolated group may see serious gains, and that's great, but then where does that leave everyone else? And then what what are going to be the trail on effects of that? You may push through on your front and see great success, but then you may have left your flank open, and then who gets wiped out? Now you didn't realize that because you didn't have we the have plan. Find,
1: we do have to find things that groups can agree on, right? Absolutely.
2: And that's, that's yeah. what I mean by having that kind of focus. When, when legislation was going the other way, when you had a group of aggrieved Africans putting legislation forward through the people that they managed to get elected because they did organize from the ground up, you had progress. They weren't all, I'm sure, they... You know, I've watched the meetings that Kwame HRA put on. So I've seen these community groups and how they argued, and you had you had the same people who would almost bring up the same points that we get in our meetings today. And you get the same conversations going down those same, you know, rabbit holes. So I, I see, and I'm learning how to at least get it better <laughs> from those examples. But they they still came out a way with an idea of what those community those community meetings weren't even about him putting forward his idea. It was about getting the people to get those ideas out and get their frustrations out so they could see well, what are we all really beefing about? What do we really actually need? And that's the kind of focus that's missing. That's the kind of focus that our groups that are supposedly lobbying for us and representing us aren't doing. You know, when APAC puts forward legislation, APAC writes that legislation and hands it to the representatives and says, here, this is what you're going to push. That's how you do it. We, on the other hand, are waiting for them to come back into our communities with the legislation somebody else wrote and said, "Hey, this is what I got you." You didn't get me shit. I didn't even want that. You didn't get it. Well, <laughs> that.
1: There's There's a, they, <laughs> there is a, a push. We do. We are. Do have groups who do write legislation and and try to push it that way.
2: Not enough, but we not do enough have, and not effective because they're not a, because we don't have that kind of united front where we will. Where we can mobilize the media, if if APAC wants some legislation put forward, no matter how sideways it may be, I'm not sure you and, can mobilize. Somebody the media pushes back. Oh. you can't mobilize. I will give media. you a. I will give you a perfect example. Two years ago, you had young representatives who wanted to move up in the Democratic ranks, like that young idiotic Kennedy clown. They were pushing legislation that would should uh, easily be framed as taking away an American's right to protest by going against the uh, BDS movement. They were saying businesses could not contract with anybody who supports the BDS movement because it was quote anti-Semitic. Well, it's not anti-Semitic. You can decide as a business what you want to do with your funds. And every American has the right to protest. But they still took that up, and they still ran with it in all the media networks that it was anti-Semitic. Why? Not because it was, but because someone voted for them like that. And they ran with it. That is mobilizing the media on your behalf, without a thought, we don't have that. That's a big thing that needs to change. Anytime you can have legislation being carried that is expressly for the interest of a foreign entity, another country, got your own legislators standing up and pushing legislation for them, and you can't even get them to do that on your own behalf in your own country, that's a huge disconnect.
1: Well, that, kind and that of shows change.
2: you where the power is lacking. And that be well,
1: the Danique is advocating for a waste transfer station. Those three guys don't live around here. He's advocating yeah. for them yeah. against our interest. So that's yeah. the, a micro,
2: That's a microcosm example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's got the same root cause. It's got this it, and it has the same way to treat it. We have to treat it the same way. Like it, yeah. it's, it's, it's the same outside influence. And has the same corrupting influence on the way politics are done, and whose interests are done. And uh, what do you
1: want? Uh, what do you want to discuss around Kamala Harris? What was the angle there?
2: If Joe Biden gets a bad cold or falls down the stairs again, she will be the first female president of any type of ethnicity other than. Euro-American, but she will definitely be the first female president, most likely. If by some chance Joe Biden makes it all four years, because let's face it, the presidency is hard on even young people. Now, those first four years take it out of everybody. Where would that put all of us? You're talking about a candidate who got like zero votes in the primary. She literally did not get enough votes to qualify to stay in the primary. But, through a twist of fate and party finagling, she could end up the new empress, leader of the free world. Yes, How do you, now, how do you, how do we start putting the blocks in position so that this is something that's advantageous to us?
0: Yeah, uh, don't you don't want to yeah.
2: wait to that morning moment when you turn on the news and it's like, guess what? <laughs> and then start planning. Because that will be a, not just a huge media moment, but a moment where there will be a shift in power in a unique way. And if you do have the organizations in place to exert influence, you can get a lot done, at least as far as legislation. Uh, and what interests I, as a community I, are.
1: Now, maybe I'm pessimistic, but I don't believe you're going to get anything out of, you get less out of Kamala Harris than you get out of Joe Biden. Um, the amount of ability
2: uh, inherent in her position, when you take a presidency like that, you don't think that would be a golden opportunity to exert force as a community.
1: You, you weren't able to do with Barack Obama, and he was legitimately elected. So, you weren't well, able to
2: do it with just, Barack Obama because of the people who were, one, backing Barack Obama, two, because he only hid behind, behind the idea that, well, I'm the first. I have to be nice so there's not a civil war Wouldn't they be the same people backing her? No The only difference is in where the money comes from Initially, Barack and Hillary were not cool Hillary literally helped fundraise for Kamala So There is already a tribal difference Even within the democratic machine
1: She helped fundraise for Kamala to be president? Yes and that didn't win, so so it, Biden ended up becoming president. So, yeah. that one doesn't make sense. You know what? I
2: mean? No, what I'm saying is Hillary raised the money. They were all the actual fundraisers out here on Long Island for her
1: over Joe Biden. Okay, over Joe Biden. Yes. I
2: mean, no, I mean, be honest, Joe Biden was Obama's VP, and Obama didn't even endorse him. No, it doesn't. took it took the race coming down to it's either going to be Bernie or I need all hands on deck and we're going to split this he vote. Like and they didn't even make a they didn't even try to hide the fact that Obama made the calls behind the scenes the day before and said, Look, "Yeah, this is what we're going to do to split the vote yeah, so like we get so it's a mathematical win." Yeah. So Again, don't help them maintain the illusion that this is anything but war by other means. That's why people fail to view them as the enemies that they are. If you don't see them as an enemy, you can't plan appropriately, and that's why we fail. That's where we Here's fail, when we treat them like they are not opposition. Here's a question.
1: If you're, if you're, you, do you focus more on your enemy, or do you focus on your own, building your own military? Which one gets president first? Do you focus more on building your own army, or do you focus on what your enemy is doing? You can't, Which do you do first?
2: Thinking about those two things in isolation will get you killed. I can't build my army just as I'm going to build an army. If my opponent is using cavalry and mounted weaponry, that I have to at least be at that technological level to so effectively. I have to change my tactics. So no matter how I build my army, I'm still building my army in relation to what my what I need done, what I have, and what I'm facing. You know, look at look at Vietnam. Look at modern-day Iraq. Look at modern-day Afghanistan. They built their armies, and they're facing the most technically advanced force the planet has ever known. Why have we been stuck there for 20 years? Because fighting guerrillas is fucking hard, dude. <laughs> Why? Not because they're technically advanced as we are, not because they aren't have the as do. Aren't
1: they protected by PETA?
2: Aren't they protected by what?
1: PETA. Huh? aren't they like aren't they endangered?
2: What in, is what endangered? Gorillas. Not those type of gorillas. <laughs> uh, the Che Guevara type of gorillas. Those was a joke. Was a joke. I know. No. I know. <laughs> but my point huh? is that you you never think about it. Don't think about it just in terms of my army versus their army. Because otherwise, I'll end up bringing the wrong look. That's how you end up bringing a knife to a gunfight, <laughs> and that's the last thing that you want to do. So, I'm what I'm saying is because we do see what the other armies are building and what they are bringing to the fight. We need to re, we need to look at what our armory is. We're still using muskets and shit. We're still looking at the fight that way. No, I need to get us some at least AKs. You know, they're dependable. They work.
1: Um. <laughs> uh. Uh. I want to take a brief moment. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, one of the things I I I I support black business for real, for real. And it, you know, I and I especially love black creatives. Uh, you know, because I believe you, We have to whatever you create. I don't care if it's a T-shirt. I don't care if it's a, if it's a shoelace. Create, create, create. Um, and sometimes I learn a lot from some of the, the more uh, really conscious creators out there. Um, one of the ones that really caught my eye today, like earlier, uh, earlier this week, uh, was uh, Patta. So Pata is a, a brand out of the Netherlands. Started from, by these two brothers um, who were like sneakerheads, And they got their own brand off the ground. Um, uh, let me tell you, it on their names. Uh but it's got the P A T T A. again, based out of the Netherlands. Uh, two two brothers. Uh, let me see. What are their names? Uh anyway. Um yeah, uh Edson, so Sajan the right? Yeah, they were sneakerheads. Who were, you know, started doing collabos and then they started making clothes, So they recently put out a T shirt. And this is interesting because I, you know, and I, you know, it had this big image on it, like a face, and it's the image of a guy by the name of Anton de Comte. Uh His full name is uh, Cornelius uh, Gerard Anton de Comte. He's from Suriname, right, a mm-hmm. continent. And uh, as I'm reading about him, so he was a resistance fighter during World War II against the Nazis, and of course, he was also an, an anti colonialist author, All right? So I, I thought this was interesting, right? That he actually he died in the concentration camp. talking about a black man here, uh, whose father was born a slave. He died in a concentration camp. Um, uh, he's an author. Uh, he did uh, work in Haiti. Um, uh, of course, he did work in the Netherlands. Um, and then during World War II, he joined the resistance <laughs> to oppose the Nazis, was caught and sent to a concentration camp uh, where he died. And at first I thought, damn, they don't really talk about blacks who died at this concentration camp. I'm not even talking about black Jews. I'm just talking about blacks.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Uh, and, you know, I'm always, you know, figures like this in history are always amazing. I think he's known. Uh, for his famous writing is "We Slaves in Suriname," right? Again, um, he was an anti-colonialist, you know. You know, so fighting racism essentially, uh, and, and 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 the European or white control of black bodies. Uh, so, uh, so if you ever get a chance, uh, check out Anton. Com. Um, uh, yeah, it's one of those figures that uh, is, we should know, right? Uh, the the black struggle is universal, and um, it's, uh, it's it's interesting these different type of fights and in the different places where we end up. Um, he was buried in the mass grave. Uh, they found his body and they, uh, reburied him in the Netherlands. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, also in that same light, uh, I said earlier at the beginning of the show that this week is, uh, the birthday of, uh, Kwame Torrey uh, born Sophie Carmichael, uh, father, of the black power movement, right? He's the first person to really coin the term in the real sense. Uh, <laughs> many of us think about the black Panther party. And you see that Panther, the black Panther party was not the first organization to use that Panther. It was so Carmichael. Michael, they borrowed it from him. Uh, he used that black Panther when organizing in, um, in, in Mississippi, uh, uh, Lown- I, you know, I should remember these things. Um, uh, uh Lowness County, Loundis County, uh, Mississippi registering folks to vote, right? Not like today, right back then in Mississippi, that gets you killed. So, you know, he put it (laughs) as a college student. Yeah. You agree? Rob. Yes. Yeah. So as a college student, he was organizing in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so the, the white democratic party at the time, their symbol was the white rooster, but they came up with this black Panther to represent their party. And Mm -hmm. then, um, the, some folks in Oakland uh, here, here, Bobby Seale and U.P. Newton saw this, and that's when they borrowed the symbol of the, the Black Panther, the name of their organization. But So Stokely so Carmichael was really at the forefront of um, uh, pan-Africanism and the uh, Black Power movement. Um, he's the first one who, who said that one uh, of the mistakes. Uh, and he's somebody who, he took her under his wing. So this is not somebody who's criticizing uh, uh, the non violence resistance he was actually someone who was nurtured by Martin Luther King mm-hmm. um, and uh, who said that the problem with America and why non-violent resistance didn't work is because in order for that to work, nonviolent resistance your opponent had to have a conscience and he felt that America yes, had not
2: that's the sixth <laughs> argument I make all the time <laughs>
1: America has no conscience um,
2: because you're not uh, even fighting an individual that's that's, I think, the key realization that is lacking in a lot of arguments. You're not fighting an individual when you're fighting you're fighting a system. It's, it's the same thing with the reparations uh, point. You know, the easiest way to get anyone to disagree with reparations is to talk about it as a monetary thing. Because the first reaction yeah. if I wasn't a racist, I didn't have any slaves, why am I paying for it? This isn't yeah. about you, bro! This is about yeah. the entity that, and these organizations and these institutions that benefited from it. This literally will not come out of your it's pocket. Even is it's not even a tax issue. This has nothing to do with you personally, <laughs> you know. But that's how they get us. That's how they get the public to cut its own throat. It, it's the crab in the bucket scenario, and that's how they that's how they manage the mob. The United States as a whole. As an empire is completely unmanageable unless you get us to screw ourselves over, so you don't have to pay attention.
1: Yeah, because even, even uh, not to get off too, too far off topic, but even when we talk about the law, right? Money, money is not the only remedy for an injustice. Uh, there are things like injunctions and specific performance, which are also remedies for an injustice. And when we talk about reparations, oh, we're talking about repar- some injustice that exists that needs to be fixed, right? Um, so we can get creative if we want to. Um, but uh, sometimes it's easy just to keep folks bickering, and so this shit never comes up. Uh, that's right.
2: <laughs> I, I can, you can run, get reelected, and never actually solve the problem. You've got people angry enough to vote for you about. Typically, that's that's the plan. That's that is that is the job security plan for way too many people in our state capitals and in our national capital. And that's why people are so frustrated. That's why you can have the event like a bunch of angry folks crashing the Capitol on the 6th. That's how that happens.
1: Yeah.
2: It didn't matter if it was Trump or anybody else in that office at that time in history, you'd have the same result with this, with the, if you had the same lead up.
1: Yeah, you're right. You are right. Um, um what else? Uh, we're wrapping we're Coming around the bend here um, I apologize I think I did misspell, misspell uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar's name I think I put a W Instead of a U I apologize <laughs> Forgive me I did misspell uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar's name um, But again also you know, Take a look at his Poetry you know, I'm not a huge poetry guy I'll be honest with you yeah. I'm not even a fiction type of guy I don't really read a lot of. I read. Really, I read. I focus on history or, or you know, biographies. Um, but it's important. I'm not. I'm not diminishing them. They're important, and I celebrate them. I just, you know, I I don't. In turn, I don't uh, immerse myself in poetry probably as much as I should.
2: Poetry's um, hard. But it's you either find someone that you connect with and you like their stuff, or it's like, what is this garbage? And it's like that the most people You love it or hate it. But once you do find one you like that, you're a fan. Yeah,
1: so, you got any uh, closing thoughts uh, for the brothers and sisters before we we, uh, we shove off into the
2: sunset uh-huh. Brother the Summer's coming up. I know things have been crazy, but uh, I'm no doctor, but stay safe out there. You know, a new variant's popping up all over the place, and we're not out the woods yet, so wash your hands.
1: <laughs> Straight up. Um, I'm going to leave with a quote from Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Uh, Hope is tenacious. It goes on living and working when science has dealt it what should be its death blow. Keep on struggling, I'm Africans, Africanettes, and those of you who are African adjacent. Uh, this has been on the wake up radio. Fat shout out to all the other programs here on the on the wake, on the wake up radio family, of course, sister Cindy Ashby, the hardest working woman in showbiz, I'm my brother Rob. Uh, till next time.
0: Rima Karama here with a quick infomercial, and I have a question for you. Are you tired of social media outlets that block real content? I mean, are you tired of your favorite internet truth teller getting blocked or put in FedBook jail, tired of making a comment and the algorithm quickly deems your comment to be offensive and takes it down? I mean, are you tired of making a post and a fact check pops up, making it look like your info isn't accurate, and then it turns out that the fact check is actually the lie? Are you tired of seeing white people get by with racist commentary or posts and they never get blocked, but unapologetically black truth tellers are always having their videos taken down? Tired of having to wait a month or seven days or 14 days for your favorite social media truth teller to get their page back up because white-owned social media outlet owners take their content down whenever they feel like it? Tired of black people getting on white-owned social media outlets and finding out that the outlet is making billions of dollars but you don't get one red cent of that money? Well, if you're really tired, then you should do as I did and make the switch. Yeah. Come on over to otwtube.com where your content and comments are actually accepted. Also, get the Ureema Karam app where you can stay up to date on real truth that lamestream media intentionally hides from you. Come on over to sites that accept you being unapologetically black. I mean, come on over to sites that love you being free to express yourself. I am Yurema Karama, and I approve this message. Look it up. Claude
1: Individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deang. Cindy Ashby. Induction. On the wake up.